Welcome to the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Fairfax. We hope you enjoy this sermon from a recent Sunday worship service. There are a couple of questions that I struggle with almost every day, and those are, does this really matter? And where does this fit in the grand scheme of things? Now, when I say I struggle with them almost every day, I'm not saying that I sit at my desk and ask myself those questions with every issue, meeting, or idea that arises. What it does mean is somewhere in the back of my mind, I really try for the sake of my own calling, my integrity, my own desire for what I wish for the world, and for all of you, for my hopes for this congregation, for how the staff and our congregational resources are used, that if we ground all of this, in if and how this really matters and where does this fit into the grand scheme of things, I think we will be better off. This has been sharpened lately because of the gravity of the major issues that our country and the humanity are facing as we begin this incredibly important 2024 election year. I have become more deeply focused on spending time and energy and resources on things that frankly are aligned with our mission to transform ourselves, each other, and the world through acts of love and justice. Now to be clear, I'm pretty sure that some of our mission and mission statements for many religious communities can sound a bit grandiose. Whatever the size of my savior complex, I am also pretty sure that my efforts are not going to transform the entire world. But focused on whatever part of the world we can impact, I continue to hope for our work in this congregation to be as transformational as possible. Questions always bring up more questions because what one person may feel as important ways to spend time, energy, and resources is not always what others think. I'm not sure that you know this, but people in general, let alone Unitarian Universalists, have varying opinions. <laughs> you've, you've experienced this before. On what is important and how we should spend our time, our energy, and our resources. With that said, another question is, who gets to say? what is deserving of our focused efforts, and what is a waste of time, especially in a time where wasting time can have pretty significant consequences. Part of this challenge of how we decide what is important or not is based in communal, in communal discernment. Whether it's the work of our lay leadership or congregational meetings or staff meetings, conversations and committees, choir practice or discussions in the commons at coffee hour. What's important rises to the surface in lots of formal and informal ways. But I'm afraid something has influenced how these conversations often happened in the past 40 years or so, and that is how the efforts of those on the far right of our political and religious spectrum have been the ones who have framed the public discourse whose language is used and whose strategies have effectively caused the more progressive elements of our society to be reactive rather than proactive in our collective efforts. In his book, 
the all-new Don't Think of an Elephant, Know Your Values and Frame the Debate, George Lakoff says, conservatives, through their think tanks, figured out the importance of framing, and they figured out how to frame every issue. They figured out how to get those frames out there, how to get their people in the media all the time. He goes on to say, the, progressives, the progressive world has not caught up. And what is worse is a set of myths believed by liberals and progressives. The myths began with the Enlightenment, and the first one goes like this. The truth will set us free. If we just tell people facts, since people are basically rational beings, they will all reach the right conclusions. But we know from cognitive science, he says, that people don't think like that. People think in frames, and Lakoff acknowledges facts matter enormously, but to be meaningful, they must be framed in their terms of moral importance. Remember, you can only understand what the frames in your brain allow you to understand. If the facts don't fit the frames in your brain, the frames in your brain stay, and the facts are ignored, challenged, or belittled. In fact, in fact, what I'm convinced of is that the strategic efforts of those on the far right have effectively succeeded in using this framing strategy to, to have those of us more on the left side of the spectrum often bickering with each other in ways that have distracted us from keeping our eyes on the proverbial prize. Politics is never easy, but let's be clear and let's be honest certainly from my perspective, this conservative framing has evolved to unleash a form of fascism and fascist authoritarianism that is not just on the rise, but is a clear and present danger to our democracy and the moral values that we as Unitarian Universalists hold dear. Things that have threatened moral values that we hold dear certainly are nothing new, but it feels big and generational, and maybe even unique in some ways. And the level of threat we as a country and the world are facing is pretty dangerous. This is why I can't help but wonder, when faced with questions, issues, and challenges, does this really matter? And where does this fit in the grand scheme of things are important questions to ask. This is the reason I titled this sermon the perils of petty politics. Yes, it was a nice alternative title, but it's also a bit of a warning. For those of you who don't know, I have a bachelor's degree in political science. That's my framework. I totally remember talking about that all politics is local and how words matter and other idioms such as those. Then I became a minister. And honestly, I was truly amazed at the kind of things that people will fight about in congregational life. Not as bad as HOAs, <laughs> but pretty bad. HOAs. I don't want to demonize HOAs. I'm so sorry. In the incredible sermon delivered by Reverend Nancy McDonald Ladd on Sunday morning, at General Assembly in 2016, she said, 
You remember perhaps the classic wedding reading for Corinthians, which says, If I speak in the tongues of mortals or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I have nothing. That letter from Apostle Paul to the early Christian community in Corinth has nothing whatsoever to do with weddings. That's a letter, Nancy says, from an overextended pastor with occasionally dubious judgment to a congregation whose leaders are in a constant state of fierce and unremitting conflict. The early Christians in Corinth congregation were literally shouting their prayers like clanging cymbals over atop one another to try and prove who was better at praying. It's not an issue we've had here. They were making faith into a contest, and whether he was saintly or not, Paul was having none of it. The collective wisdom of the ages reminds us that the stakes are high, and the ultimate prize we must reach for in community is greater than the imagined divisions and trumped-up arguments that pull us apart. And here's what else she said. I love this part. Here's a segue you won't see coming, she says. You know in WrestleMania, when professional wrestlers have those fake fights, sometimes they really are at risk of getting hurt. And do you know what they do before the muscle snaps or the bones break in the fake fight? They tap out. They bang the mat. And when the fake fight gets close to having real consequences, they tap out. And then Nancy says, I tell you what, I'm tapping out right now. And I invite you to join me. I'm tapping out of every fake fight in our congregation and our movement about getting what I want or what you want or what we think we want because the stakes are too high and we don't have time anymore for fake fights. I've always loved this sermon from Reverend Nancy, but now I believe this to be more true than ever but not just about what happens in our congregations. I'm talking about this, what happens in our lives. How can we tap out of the fake fights, keep our eyes, our hearts, our minds, and our time and energy focused on the things that in the grand scheme of things really matter? How can we be grounded in the morals and values that we hold so dear as Unitarian Universalists not to get seduced by petty politics? How can we recognize when we are being impacted by the frameworks and words and ideas of those who distract us from our framework of love and empathy and kindness and equity and grace? How can we, all of us, work together and see our primary task as being in relationship and always mission-focused, striving to create a shared understanding of what the prize actually is and how we can keep our collective eyes on it. I don't even know how many times in the last eight years I've gone to this reading from Reverend Wayne Arneson, but it goes like this. Take courage, friends. The way is often hard. The path is never clear and the stakes are very high. Take courage, for deep down there is another truth. You are not alone. I don't know how many times I've gone to this reading, 
But since 2016, it's been many. In 2024, the stakes are very, very high. The road before us will be hard. The path will not be clear. It might even be muddy and rough. But we must have courage. Let us not get bogged down in the perils of pettiness. Let us have courage to rise above, courage to move beyond, courage to forge ahead. And we are not alone. Look around you, and I mean this right now. Look around you at each other. We share so many hopes. We share so many desires for what is and what could be. We are not powerless. We have great power in being together, in working together. There are numerous frightening threats, as there have been, threats before and there will be again but it is our love our courage our togetherness that can and will see us through truth can shine through beauty can triumph justice can prevail love can win and in 2024 which is going to be a very pivotal year let us do what we can to help Help it be a year of truth and beauty and justice and love. And together, together, let the congregation say, Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Fairfax. To listen to more sermon podcasts, go to uucf.org slash worship hyphen services and scroll down to Sermon Podcasts.